0: Proverbs 29,
1: verse 18. Okay, who's read this verse before? Yep, most of us have. Where there is no vision,
0: the people perish, but he that keeps the law happy is he. I went to have a look at a couple of references, concordances and various other things to this word uh, vision. And the word vision here actually means um, uh, a prophetic type vision. The vision which is given um, as a person might be an oracle, as it were, a person who gives prophecy through divine communication is what it means here. Uh, the word of God is considered to be a, a vision or a, a given by prophets to us of uh, what's going to happen on the earth. Directions for our life to have a vision. Now, bringing it back to where we are right now, who remembers the time down at camp a couple of years ago when we had... A blackout the power went down and there were no lights we couldn't see two inches in front of us right and first thing was panic sets in people start to think oh what's going on we're going to get out of here so uh, we got out of there and it was quite amazing in an orderly flash and flashlights appeared here and flashlights appeared there we got out of there without any tragedy no one was trampled no one died everything was great no injuries at all which was really tremendous why why could we not do that with the lights out well we could have if we'd waited long enough and let our eyes adjust i guess but it's a lot easier when lights are on when it's done in an orderly fashion as well we did it with vision we couldn't have done it without vision now the same thing is true of everything in life um my daughter-in-law has just been given details of the class she'll be teaching next year, reception class. Um, 14 reception children is a not a very big class. You'd think that's pretty easy to teach.
1: Half of them have no language. They're five, and they have no language. They can grunt, some of them, but no
0: language to particularly speak of. They're not from a foreign country. They're from Australia. Their parents live here, But they've been involved in drugs and all sorts of other things. And the parents have no understanding about how to live life. The children are without discipline. And so those children don't have a great chance of succeeding because they don't come into a school situation understanding basic things. And the same can be said of living life. If we don't have eyes open, and know where we're going, we will stumble, or as the word says here, we will perish. In uh, the Hebrew here again, according to my references, to become unbridled and lawless. If there is no vision of where we're going, no prophetic vision about how to live our lives, what to do and so on, then we become unbridled, no reins on, no guidance, and we become lawless. We live according to our own law, and so one of the reasons that, well, for me, for example, and various others who came along at the same time as myself, Jed and Mary and Briar a few years later, and Pastor Steve, we came along around the same sort of time. Who else came around the same time as, as I did? Yes, oh, yes, um, right, rebellious type people, uh, all of them, yeah. um, David McLaughlin shot him. Anyway, we came along and we had lives, I guess, which were, were they were without law to some degree. And we did what we wanted to do in our lives were a mess. And it was a rejoicing to actually have someone get out the front of a meeting and say, we do this, we don't do that. We look this way, we don't look that way. And that's called vision. Some organizations at the time called it putting the hard word on people, being restrictive, not letting the spirit flow. Remember one pastor, they had a person come into their meeting who wanted to wave their hands and say all these sorts of things, do these sorts of things and shout out when they shouldn't have and the pastor went down to them and said, "If you carry on like that, we're going to have to remove you from the meeting." And the guy said, "Oh, you're quenching the spirit." He said, "If you don't do what I'm telling you to do, the spirit'll lead you right out the door uh, and uh, I think that's what happened in the end there that people come in with no vision of God, but God gives us a vision." of what he wants us to do. And as servants of God, we want to do what he wants us to do. And all the people said, if we don't want to do what God wants us to do, we shouldn't be here. We're in the wrong place. We should be at the cricket.
1: Did we win? Yeah.
0: Anyway, another story. I don't care. I don't really care much. I'll see the replay. Um It's good to win some every now and then, isn't it? <laughs> Without that real desire to do what God wants you to do, then you can't do what God wants you to do. So what is our vision? What do we see as our goal? Where are we going? We used to say, hit them with the old one, two, three, repent, get baptized and be filled with the Holy Spirit. We used to quote Mark 16 in every meeting, you know, preach the gospel and, and these signs shall follow them that believe. And whereas those things are true, they are a part of our vision. If they're not a part of our vision, again, we won't get the whole message. But I'd like to go through a few things here. The concept
1: is this. We see where we're going or we don't see where we're going. Who knows where they're going? Who knows who's going with them? Who can finish the song? (laughs) I know where I'm going if I continue to follow the Lord.
0: And you know where you're going if you continue to follow the Lord, but you also know where you're going if you don't continue to follow the Lord. That's called vision. And to have a life which is lived according to that vision is necessary. It's helpful. Our lifestyle will be determined by the state we choose, either to have a vision or not to have a vision. Our lifestyle will be determined
1: by that. Do we want confusion? or do we want good direction in our life? A vision will bring us, as it says here, happiness.
0: He who uh, keeps the law, happy as he, the word law means the di- divine through the prophets again. He who keeps the vision presented through the prophets, through the word of God, that person is happy.
1: And uh, you know what? I'm happy. Anyone here happy? Praise the Lord. I'm happiest when I think about the Lord. I'm happy when I think about winning the cricket, but it's different, isn't it? I'm
0: happiest when I think about the Lord because that's what we are. We are spiritual beings now. We're filled with the Holy Ghost and so we get happy when we do godly things, when God does godly things for us and we see where we're going. I choose a little story. There was a person and they crashed into the back of another car. And, uh, uh unfortunately they were very badly injured. And the person went to, um, who uh, was in the car, got out of the car and looked at the bumper sticker of the car they just bumped into. And it had on the back of the, of the bumper sticker on the sticker. It had on the back of the car, which was on the bumper on the back of the car because it's the back bumper, not the front bumper. Oh, good. It said, I choose to be happy. They'd almost been killed, but they chose to be happy. You know, we have to do that. We can choose to be sad. We can choose to be confused, but we can also choose to be happy. We can choose to rejoice in in what the Lord has done in our life. It is a choice we make. What is the prophetic vision we're talking about here? Genesis 3. Let's look through a couple of scriptures quite quickly. We read here of the results of uh, Adam and Eve uh, rebelling against the Lord. Um, We're going to look here over in verse uh, 14. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and thus shall thou eat all the days of thy life. You see, the serpent had just beguiled um, Eve, and she had gone out, and Adam and Eve had both eaten of the fruit they were told not to eat of. They'd been told what to do, but they didn't follow that particular vision. And I will put enmity or opposition between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed and it. The seed of the woman shall bruise thy head and thou, serpent, shall bruise his heel, or the seed of the woman. Now, without going into details, the seed of the woman is Jesus Christ and the serpent is is Satan. The idea is is when Jesus came and died, a couple of things happened. Satan bruised the heel of the Lord by having him die. But by dying, Jesus bruised or crushed and annihilated the head, the thinking, the plan of Satan. Jesus Christ is victorious. Now this is a prophecy back there in Genesis 3 fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It's part of our vision that Jesus died for our sin, that Jesus overcame sin. In Matthew 24, sorry, in Matthew chapter 4, when we know Jesus is tempted by Satan, Satan is actually acknowledging that Jesus is the Christ when he says a number of things. I want you to read that through yourself and find out how we know that Satan is acknowledging there that Jesus is the Christ. You do that for homework, Matthew 4, in the beginning part there. Some have said to me, and no doubt have said to you, that Jesus actually did not say that he was the Son of God. Turn with me please to John chapter 4, verse 25. This is Jesus speaking to a particular woman. In verse 24 we read, Jesus said, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we have a vision, an understanding, an oracle from God, a prophetic statement from the Lord. That's the true worshippers will do that, and we believe that. Verse 25 says, The woman said to him, I know that Messiah comes, which is called Christ, or the anointed. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Remember that verse. Next time somebody says to you, Jesus never said that he was the Son of God. Here it says that he was the Messiah, and of course we know the Messiah was the Son of God. So Jesus knew who he was, and Jesus came to let people know who he was. Again, this is part of our vision, that Jesus is the Son of God, the one sent to redeem us. We have a vision that nations would be called to Their time to do God's plan and God's purpose. We also have a vision that through the faith that Abraham has, wonderful things will happen. Go to Genesis 12, just briefly. Genesis 12. Two thousand years before Jesus came on the scene.
1: That's four thousand years ago. We have this incredible prophecy. about the nations verse 1 of chapter 12 now
0: the lord had said to abram get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that i will show thee i will make of thee a great nation and i will bless thee and make thy name great or in in uh, the hebrew says and make great thy name that's what he was going to do to his name and thou shalt be a blessing I will bless them that bless thee, curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed.
1: Go with me to chapter seventeen, if you will. Again, here talking about this man, this one,
0: when Abraham, sorry, Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. We find that to uh, be true in Jesus Christ. Again, you can read that in Galatians. Go with me to Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abram, his name was now changed to Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Now, just to let you know what's happening here, his son Isaac was born to him when Abram was a hundred years of age. He was the son which God had gone on to promise to him. Abraham had this child when he was a hundred years of age, a hundred years old. And now some years down the track, the Lord says, Take that one who's been promised to you, and Sarah was ninety or something other. Like Go and take that son and kill him. Abraham knew that the promises had been passed from himself down through Isaac. If Isaac was killed, the promises were going to stop. And the Lord said, Go and offer up Isaac for a sacrifice, what do we find Abraham doing? Arguing? Debating? Verse 3, Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him. It was Abraham went to do it. Abraham went to do it. I'm going to go right down now to verse um, 9. They came to the place which God had told him of and Abraham built an altar there and laid wood on the altar and um, bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah jireh at his seen this day, the Lord it shall be seen. So at this particular stage the Lord was going to bless Abraham. Let's look in verse fifteen. The angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, Behold, by myself have I sworn, says the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and not withheld thine son, thine only song, a song, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee in multiplying i will multiply thee as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies and in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed that's in jesus christ because thou hast obeyed my voice and so abraham returned etc etc here was the lord saying i'm going to bless all nations because you've been faithful and the seed of abraham we know that there were many nations which came Israel nation and so forth and other nations which were called to intervene at times of the sun. But the particular blessing here is talking about the whole world was blessed through Jesus Christ because he had the faith of Abraham. Abraham, his descendants, brought forth Jesus Christ.
1: We believe that. That's part of the prophetic vision. That's part of God's work.
0: I was listening to a person talk the other day. It was a, a, a lady. She said she was going to uh, re study the Bible and look at it. She thought certain things couldn't be right in the Bible. It isn't possible, she said, that, you know, the world was made in seven days. She should have been here today, shouldn't she? She said, it's not possible the world was totally flooded. Again, she should have been here today. I don't know why she wasn't. She said, she made other various promises and said, you know, the Bible is obviously not right. And so she was going to rewrite the Bible. Well, I've got news for her. Anyway, our understanding of the Bible comes because we get spirit-filled. We receive the promise of God. The Bible talks about faith. Let's go, if you will, please, to Romans chapter 3. But faith is this reason why that Abraham was blessed, because he, he actually acted upon his faith. He was faithful to God in that he obeyed God. It's something he did physically to
1: demonstrate that. In Romans chapter 3, in verse 28, I'm not reading
0: this whole passage, but please read it yourself. I'll read the whole passage there. In verse 28 it says, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? He is not, sorry, is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, the Gentiles also, seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision by faith. We are justified by faith. Go with me over to Hebrews chapter 10,
1: C.A. Scripture again talking about faith. Those that kept the law because it was the law, Were
0: missing the point, had to keep the law by faith and be obedient to the Lord and ask him uh, and, and do what he asked him to do by faith, by total trust in God. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised. How do we do that? It goes on. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love or to lead towards love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see that our approaching so the profession of our faith is based upon our the same as Abraham obedience to God's word, and he tells us, let's provoke one another to good works. Let's encourage one another to do what God wants us to do. Let's do that all the time. Let's actually go to a brother or sister's house and say, let's have a prayer. You're not well? Let's go and have prayer. Well, come on, I'll take you to the meeting. Provoke one another to love, and it goes on here to say, and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Don't put it in a second. Let our meetings be number one in our lives. Let our outreaches be number one where something's organized, let's support. Let's get in and do that. Let's not put it a second. That's part of our vision. If we're doing that, you know, we'll survive. But if we're, you know, don't know whether I can, no, no, about that, we're not going to survive. We're just not going to survive. It's a vision which we take on. I'm going to get involved with what's going on here. In James
1: 2, next book over after Hebrews, verse 26 for as the body without the
0: spirit is dead so faith without works is dead it's one thing to sit at home and say i've got faith it's another thing to get out and act upon that faith to actually do what jesus told us to do in fact if we don't get out and act upon it the bible says then that faith is really dead it's of no use Now, if we really have faith, we will, as Jesus said, we'll see later on, we'll do what he's asked to do.
1: We've been given a commission. Go to Matthew 28, the last chapter in Matthew, and look what Jesus said here. Still on this idea of vision, looking where we're going, understanding why we're going where we're
0: going. I want you to go then to verse 16 of chapter 28. Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus has appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven
1: and in earth. Let's stop there a moment. Just eyes this way, if you will, for a moment. Who believes that? Who believes that? Some don't. Who believes that? Who doesn't? That's a better way of doing it, wasn't it? Of course we believe that. Jesus has all power in heaven and in earth. When we need something, we ask the Lord to provide it. And we
0: encourage one another to ask the Lord to provide it. We read on. Go ye therefore. What does therefore mean? What does it refer to? Back to that statement in verse 18. All power is given unto Jesus. So therefore, he says, because all power is given unto me, you go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Remember one guy
1: used to say, people complain to me. They say, you keep on preaching out of that Bible. You keep on, why do you talk about other things? He says, well, same old book, same old preaching. Amen? Is that safe? Jesus
0: said, you go and teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have said unto you. That includes not only the commandments on how to behave, be a good boy, be a bad boy sort of idea, but rather, all the promises of the Lord God which are given to us. Let's observe those things. Jesus Christ is coming back one day. I was speaking to a chap the other day who's, um, not with us anymore. And I said, but, uh, you believe in Jesus? He says,
1: yeah, I think. Believe in God? Yeah. Believe what it says in the Bible? Maybe, maybe not.
0: I said, so you're not concerned at all about the return of Jesus Christ? That you know, the word of God tells
1: you what's going to happen if you, you know, throw it back in his face? He said, I. Oh, no. So he doesn't really believe. And that's possibly because he never allowed himself to be taught.
0: And that's why people leave the fellowship is because they don't allow themselves to be taught. Sometimes people can be too busy being themselves rather than being faithful. We have to cave in to ourselves, as John the the Baptist once said, I must decrease, he, Jesus, must increase. And that has to become part of our vision too, that Jesus has to increase in our life. And it doesn't matter how old we are, whether we're one of our younger people, who are frantically taking notes down here, I'm sure that's what they're doing, you're not writing letters to each other, no, they're taking notes, or whether our older people, over here we are taking notes. I know they're not writing letters to each other. but maybe Scarlet is, I'm not sure, to, to Ryan and his writing him back it might be the case, but anyway. We work to our level. Um We We all learn about the Lord and all the people's head. We're all here to learn and to teach one another. You know what Ryan teaches me? Humility. And joy. Happiness in the Holy Ghost how to get involved in things. Of course, we can all teach each other that by being the example and by being here, by making that a part of our vision, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever said unto you, and lo, I am with you even unto the end of the world. Is that your vision today? Do you believe that Jesus is with you? Do you believe that he's right there with you? The Word of God says when you receive the Holy Ghost, he dwells
1: within you, not next to you, but within you. He's in you. So he's with you until the end of the world. He'll be with you
0: always. That's a vision we need to lay a hold of. The Lord will always be looking after our particular situation. Mark 16. We're told to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that doesn't believe will be damned or judged. These signs shall follow them that believe. And you can list off the signs. Do we believe that? If Jesus said it, we've got to believe it. Many times I've sat down with people who've said, oh, you know, prove it. They turn to Mark chapter 16. These signs shall follow them that believe. I said, what does that mean? What does that mean? These signs shall follow them that believe. And you know, usually the answer is, oh, you're just using your favorite scriptures. This is what the Bible says here. Oh, you were just twisting it. No, no, I'm not. Jesus said these signs shall follow them that believe. Do we expect them in our life? Do we expect to be able to cast out demons? Amen. Do we expect to speak in other tongues? Amen. Do we expect others to be able to do those things as well? Amen. Because that's what the Word of God says. That's our vision. That's why we preach what we preach. No other reason. It's because that's what the Word of God says. In John 3, verse 16. Let's turn to that one. It's one you all know well. John three, verse sixteen. God so loved the world or loved the world in such a way that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's contingent upon people's belief. And so we encourage people to believe in Jesus. He so loved the world that he gave his
1: only. Son. John 14. Gospel of John. Chapter 14. Verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us.
0: That'll do us, he said. Verse 9. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father which dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. Now let's
1: think about the works that Jesus did. Let's rattle a few things off that Jesus did. Come on. Again. Again. Changed the water into wine. He's obviously no shorthand. <laughs> yep. Amen, the loaves of the fishes story. Yep. Healed the lepers. Yep. Tony. Healed the blind. Up the top. Yep. Walked on water. Anyone else? Calm the storm. Anything else? Raise the dead. Nearly killed the Couldn't hear you. Fed the hungry. One more. Yep. He healed the lame. And look, in your minds there's other things going through there too. What
0: Jesus is saying is, he said, look, believe me for those things that I've done. He said, all those things I did, they were to love you. They were to prove God's love to you. God gave his son. He loved the world. so He didn't want them to be sick. He didn't want them to be dying. He didn't want them to be hungry. He didn't want them to have no vision and understanding of him. He opened up their word, opened up their sort of their world, rather, to the word of God. Jesus came and preached the truth. So he said, Believe me for the work's sake. Understand that I came to show you love
1: and compassion. John chapter fourteen, verse fifteen if you love me, keep my commandments,
0: is if we love everything about him. Not just love the man at Christmas time when he's born as a babe in a manger, but all the time, not just at Easter when he gave his life, because it's much more than just those two things. It's eternity. If we love everything about the Lord, the lifestyle he wants us to live, the way he wants us to be, it's pretty exciting. He said, goes on to say, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. He, he was one comforter. Jesus is a comforter. But he says, I'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But he sh- you shall know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I won't leave you comfortless. And of course, later on he goes on to say, the comforter is the Holy Ghost. His Death meant that we could have that comforter with us all the time.
1: That's an act of love. Go with me to Luke 10. Ten verses here, or 11 verses. Luke 10, verse 26. Perhaps we should start in verse
0: 25. Behold, a certain lawyer stood up, tempting him, saying, Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Verse 26, he said, What is written in the law? How readest thou? He answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbour as thyself. He said unto him, Thou hast answered, Right, do, and thou shalt live. But he, this is the lawyer, willing to justify himself, said to Jesus, Who is my neighbour? And Jesus answering said, A certain lay man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell down among thieves, would stripped him of his raiment, this is clothes for those not sure, and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. The poor old fellow is half dead on the side of the road. The clothes have been taken away from him. He's been beat up. By chance, there came down a certain priest that way, someone who should know what God wants. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Wrong. Likewise, a Levite, who was supposed to be involved in the service of the tabernacle, various other things, he should have known what to do. When he was at the place, came and looked on him, and passed by on the other side. Wrong. But a certain Samaritan, now Samaritans were despised by the Jews, and vice versa. As he journeyed, and came where he was, he saw him. He had compassion on him. What a different attitude. He loved this person. Didn't know him from Adam, but he had compassion on this guy. Who thought, Wow, this is terrible. He's beaten up. Somebody's got to help him. Verse 34, And went to him, and, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and and set on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Um, And on the morrow, when he had departed, he took out two pence, gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. This is a prophecy of Jesus Christ, but that's another story. Which now now of these three thinkest thou was neighbour unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said... He that showed mercy on him, Jesus said to him, Go and do thou likewise. He loved mercy, we heard in one of the prophecies this afternoon. What does Jesus say? Go and do thou likewise. That's part of the vision we undertake. We're supposed to be out there looking for those that have been beaten up on the way, those that aren't spirit-filled yet, those that aren't believers. No matter who they are, no matter what they look like, they might be scary to look at. We might think, oh, I'm not going to go near then. But we've got to be good Samaritans and go to those people. Jesus, of course, was that good Samaritan and came to us even though we were beaten up and we were rebellious and all the rest of it and we blasphemed and we did all these wrong things. We had no idea at all what we were doing. Jesus came, poured in the oil and the wine, the Holy Ghost and the new covenant blessing. He put us upon his own uh, beast, which is, of course, the Holy Ghost put us in the inn, which is the church, and he said to us, you take care of this bloke, and when I come back, I'll repay you. What's he saying? Take care of each other. When I come back, I will repay you. I'm looking to be paid by receiving eternal life when the Lord comes back. Amen? Are you doing that? Are we all doing that? I know you are because you encourage me to do the same. And that's what we can tell other people. We're here because we want to show other people the way, to bind up their wounds, just like we were bound up, and to have people lead us and direct us. We as a church are given the job, the commission, to look after those that we bring in. We preach to them, we get them in the water, we pray with them until they receive the Holy Spirit, we go and we follow them up. Follow up is part of our vision, because without that vision, the people we're supposed to be looking after will perish. It's our job to preach to them. It's our job to encourage them and follow them up in many, many, many ways. And it's a joy because when we do it, the Holy Ghost gets built up inside us and all the people said, to have the opportunity to pray with someone, what a wonderful blessing that is to see them speak in that new tongue. I love praying with anybody, but in particular with the young kids. See an eight-year-old, Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Then all of a sudden, a new language comes out of their mouth and their eyes. that? And you talk to them and let's have some more. Yeah, let's pray some more. And they start speaking this language they have never learned. They're eight years old and they're bilingual. And the language they're praying in is better than the one that they learned all their life. It's
1: a miracle. It is the proof that God is in them. It is the proof. But
0: the Lord is no respecter of persons, of intelligences or anything like that. He wants to fill them with the holy ghost and fire. It's such a blessing. And you know, if that's our vision, if that's our vision, then we're all looking for opportunities to pray for people, aren't we? We're all looking for opportunities to use our free Friday nights and get people around to our house so that we might talk to them, feed them a meal by all means, but feed them the Spirit as well. Maybe have some friends around and get some new people around to our house and talk to them. Invite someone who's new to the Lord around to your house and tell them your testimony. Get them to tell them your te- their testimony. I've got the right way around. Get excited, I'm excited, about the things of the Lord together. It's a marvellous, marvellous thing to be part of that work of God, to bring them into the inn and then to be part of what goes on inside the inn, to look after them, to go and help them tidy their room. That's what the innkeeper does. Every morning, 10 o'clock, anybody in, open the door, they come in and clean it for you. It's pretty good. So for a while, we clean one another's rooms. Then after a while, we leave it up to us to clean our own room and go and clean someone else's as well. As we grow in the Lord, we learn to be an innkeeper ourselves. Each one of us takes on that vision. It's my job. It's my job to look after somebody to get somebody new in, to encourage somebody else. You don't have to know all the scriptures. You've just got to know what's happened to you. Perhaps some other people can come around and help you out as well. So we are told to tell all the world, irrespective of who they are, about the wonderful blessing of God, to bind up their wounds by giving them the gospel message and to offer them the right hand of fellowship, bring them into the church be involved look after them till christ returns and when he does return we'll be raised up together to meet them in the air
1: one more scripture malachi 3 our vision guides us in what we do and in
0: how we do it a vision how we see things guides
1: us in what we do, what we preach, our attitudes, our behaviours, our choices, our goals, whether
0: they go to a movie on a Saturday night or whether they come along to the Vogue's Got Talent, that sort of thing, whether they say yes to the house meeting or no to the house meeting,
1: whether they say yes to the programme or no to the programme. How we behave at school, how we behave in our homes,
0: in front of our parents, in front of our children, in front of our neighbours, our commitment to the doing the things of the Lord, how we guide the saints and anything else you might think of that's to do with things in this world. Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord Spoke often one to another What a great scripture They that feared the Lord Spoke often one to another They fellowshiped And they talked about the Lord And the Lord hearkened The Lord listened Hearken It's an old word It means do this
1: Hearken Push your ear forward Listen, that's what the Lord did. He actually was moved by what he heard. And he
0: hearkened. He paid attention to. The Lord hearkened, heard it, and the book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels. I will spare them as a man that spares his own son, that serves him. And look at this wonderful promise. This prophecy is part of our vision. Then shall you return, that's you and me, and discern between the wicked and the righteous. Sorry, between the righteous and the wicked. Between him that serves God and between him that serves him not. That's what's going to be our role coming up there because we're filled with the Spirit. So, what's our vision now? What's our vision now? I'm suggesting, I've spoken to the other pastors about this and various other ones of you who've been around for a while. We're going to have a three-pronged attack in our vision, something to keep in our brain at all times. The first
1: thing we have to do is love the Lord, and all the people said, because our whole life is based upon that. Love the Lord. Number two, love the saved. Love the church.
0: Our brothers and sisters involved in that is our family, our natural family,
1: your kids, your parents. Love them. Love the Lord, love the saved. And the third one, you can tell me what the reckon the third one might be. Love the unsaved.
0: Doesn't leave out anybody on the whole planet, does it? Love those that aren't yet filled with the Holy Spirit. Go and preach the gospel to them. Our vision. Let that vision be the guidance to what we do, to how involved we get to our life. Amen.